assalamu alaikum everybody hope everybody is safe sound and healthy and we're all going through another wave of induced crisis i would like to say it's artificially induced uh, politically induced um in fact i think it's a fact so as we're going through this crisis there are a few things that we need to understand um we have all had complaints when imran khan took over the government after the elections and our main complaint was the fact that despite the fact that we were all aware that the previous government which were basically a bunch of crooks and fifth columnists pulled together uh they had placed landmines for the new government we were aware of it that means the government was aware of it it cannot be possible that the public the journalists the experts everybody is aware of something but the actual government itself that is stepping onto the landmine is not aware of it it's just not possible so i believe as a leader one cannot afford to make mistakes it's as simple as that because a leader's mistake is not a simple mistake made by an ordinary individual it can cost lives it can cost a country's future it can even cost a country's freedom as we are saying today so for that imran khan is responsible and he needs to know it and i think he does uh, the difference between imran khan and the bunch of crooks that we are surrounded with or by is that he is somebody who would actually admit his mistakes and take responsibility for it because that's how he is that's the kind of person he is uh, as opposed to the crooks that we have who have now taken over the government without any election and are trying their best to stall any elections simply because they know that they're not going to win just like how never won before they will not win even now and before they used to rig the elections but this time rigging is pretty much out of the question so yes they're going to lose on all counts and these people they have exits always they always get sick and whenever they are charged for a certain amount of crime uh, cor- for corruption or a crime committed and every time they're on the hot seat you find them getting sick and flying out of the country they are always given refuge by uh countries like the middle east and the uk and they are always working things out with the us the uk and the middle east to secure their future even if that means selling our own future our country's future so that is a fact that you cannot deny it's simply a fact and it's on the record Another fact that you cannot deny is that they always slander and defame their opponents. So they slandered and defamed Benazir Bhutto, they did that to Jemima, they did that to Imran Khan himself, they did that to almost every female politician that we have had to date. They have been defamed and slandered by Nawaz Sharif and his family. um kudos to the bhutto family that they have never actually done that what they usually prefer to do is 
or should I say the Zardari family because the Bhutto family is all finished. It's now Zardari family. What they do is they work the media. They work the media, they work censorship. You know, that's the kind of strings that they pull. But with the Sharif family, not only do they have media cells that work on defamation and slandering and false accusations and fabrication of news, but they also have their mouthpieces and their thugs that they've, you know, littered all over the country like shit, uh, who bark all day long. They, their specific reason, you know, the raison d'être is to bark all day long. And then we have our favorite Rana Sanaula, their, you know, their biggest dog. And his job is basically to take care of all the goons and criminals all over the country and to target places in which to uh, prepare an, an incident of attack or terrorism. That's his basic duty. That's his job. Apart from uh, that, his other job is saving those criminals and pornographers and uh, smugglers that all work under him and rapists. We cannot forget the rapists. But you see, Imran Khan's biggest mistake was that when he was elected, he was expected to do the most important and, com and you know, the common sense uh, decision that he was supposed to make was to dissolve the assemblies and, you know, start an election all over again. He didn't do that. He prioritized wrongly throughout his tenure, which is what made his opponents, uh, these bunch of crooks, exceptionally dangerous. He gave them all the leeway that they needed to come back with full force and full US funding and backing to attack our country from within. And that's what they're doing now. What they're doing now is emptying the treasury as always, that's that's something that they are experts in. Increasing prices of all items related to fuel, as well as fuel itself. Um, they slandered uh, the government for hiking up prices. And what is the first thing that they do when they come? Within 24 hours, Shabazz Sharif, the non-elected, U.S. selected crime minister, as we call him. He's no prime minister to us. The first thing that he did within 24 hours was to remove his brother Nawaz Sharif from the wanted list so that he should be able to safely fly back to Pakistan. The second thing that he did was to close down all the homeless shelters that Imran Khan had opened and kick everybody out. The third thing that he did was to cancel the health insurance that the government had created for the public, which was the medical card that was to give relief to people of up to 10 lakhs per family which would have grown with time as money obviously poured into the, the treasury and as the country grew a little more richer. And then, as always, he emptied the treasury and put that all in his pockets 
he queened Maryam Nawaz in and out of the Prime Minister house, despite the fact that it's not legal or constitutionally allowed. And basically the whole Sharif family just came in, swooping in, as if this country was given to them uh, by their mother or father, you know, as if they inherited it. They seem to forget that they're public servants. They have this notion that they're rulers, but as I said once before, um, or maybe many times before, um, you may change your social class by making a lot of money, but your mentality remains the same. So their mentality is still that of the lower strata of the socioeconomic class of our society. And that's how they will always think no matter how rich they get. So the inferiority complex that they harbor, the Sharif family, of suddenly gaining into wealth illegally from nothing uh, and always through shortcuts. So the such people, they have a, a sort of an ongoing uh, mental crisis within them where they feel that they cannot go back to those days where they had nothing. So they will always be a little more vicious in, and, you know, their, their greed will always grow. It will never lessen and it will never be enough for them. And this is how such families bring about destruction of societies and of countries, especially if, they, if the country has the misfortune of having such families come into power. So that is one of our biggest problems right now. Um, the whole country is once again up in arms, um, you know, protesting against the U.S. selected government. And um, I mean, let's face it, Imran Khan has the power to bring people out of their homes and to bring people out to the streets. This is a power that even the American president doesn't have over his own people, like it or not. So we could safely say that Imran Khan is right now the most powerful man in the world and, you know, where that is concerned. Uh, his power to draw people out, his power to activate people. But yes, Imran Khan has been part of the problem in the sense that, as I said, if he had prioritized correctly, we wouldn't be in this position right now. His first priority was to dissolve the assemblies and redo the elections. He didn't do that. His second priority was to make sure that he didn't engage in mind games with the opponents, but to make sure that he completely rids the country of them and confiscates the illegally gained assets, which again he didn't do. And it was very easy because he could have just put a case of treason on them, which is applicable because they have committed treason and as you can see they're still committing treason and now they're doing it very openly the fact that they're doing it so openly means that they have this illusion or at least they're given this illusion by the u.s that the u.s is ready to come into pakistan and uh, an invasion is probably in order and at least this is the illusion they seem to have because they are very openly attacking the public and they're very openly uh, censoring the media, and they are very openly uh, bearing their teeth and, you know, 
showing their claws to the Pakistan public. They are very openly causing us harm. They have banned import, uh, you know, Im imports of goods, and they have uh, hiked prices up to three times more. Um, they have um, increased the sup already superficial value of the US of US dollars in Pakistan, which has never happened in the history of the country. And that is exactly what the, the US wanted anyway. The US just now is warmongering. You know, it just created a war between Ukraine and Russia just so that it could, you know, uh, lower the value of European currency and increase US dollars value. And uh, also because it needed, once again, to gain foothold in Asia. And as always, Pakistan wasn't giving it to them. Um, they're basically... Uh, Afghanistan has become useless for them. Pakistan has always been the ideal geographic position for them to maintain a foothold in Asia, and that they lost very badly because Imran Khan wouldn't give it to them. Plus, Imran Khan was going for a more neutral, a national interest-based policy and uh, a free uh, and equal foreign policy which was what Jinnah was all about when he created this country. And as I always said, Liaquat Ali Khan made the biggest mistake uh, of his life and, and for our country when he allied us with America. Because if, if Jinnah had lived to that day, Jinnah would never have done an alliance with any country anywhere in the world. We would have been like Switzerland. We would have been neutral. And that would have suited us most. And the fact that Imran Khan was working towards neutralization of Pakistan is what uh, rendered the U.S. distraught so that they had to actually threaten Imran Khan. And uh, they threatened Pakistan. And this is why we are where we are today, because Pakistan is pushing back now. Uh, so another thing that uh, Imran Khan did very, very wrong was he gave them freedom. As you can see, they're not giving freedom. They're not even giving an inch. They tried to blockade the city. They were humiliated because the public removed the blockade. They tried to uh, censor the media. But one way or the other, the media is still... The, the channels that they've censored are still the most watched channels. They have uh, revoked uh, inter the internet services to certain channels. They have also artificially uh, restricted the internet in Pakistan uh, throughout the country and various places. But they, again, they haven't been able to successfully do it 100%. So that shows where the wave is going, you know, the tide. The, it shows the where the tide is. Because at the moment, the country, um, which is also the reason why the country was getting a bit angry with Imran Khan for not being able to clear the landmines and for not being able to work a strategy around the landmines that were placed was because, as I said before, listen, the public is impatient and the, and uh, mass is never patient, especially under democratic rule or law, where they have that freedom to not be patient. So the public will never be patient with the government. The public will always want quick results. 
and there were certain things on which Imran Khan should have worked for quick results. And the long-term projects could have remained long-term. Nobody has a problem with that. But there were certain projects that he was supposed to address immediately, which he didn't. And that is what led to this point, uh, including, as I said, giving them way too much freedom to come and bark. Because they, we were all aware of the fact that the media is bought and paid, right, by the U.S., sponsored via ads by the Sharif and Zardari families, again, basically funded by the U.S. If you remember Obama's speech on how many millions of dollars the U.S. had spent on Pakistan media in the name of U.S. aid just to, you know, promote uh, pro-American sentiments and to eliminate anti-American sentiments amongst the public of Pakistan. But right now, what, what the American government just did right now, what Biden just did, was seal the last nail on the coffin of America because now heads will roll. Now the, Ameri uh, the American government has sort of openly declared war with Pakistan's public. So that revolution that Pakistan's public decided to cut short by conducting the elections in which we brought Imran Khan in as the prime minister. Now that, that is now that he's removed, that revolution will now begin and it will begin on a larger scale. And it's going to make things much worse for America, actually. It's going to go out of control even, if possible. That is, if the elections don't take place as demanded. And the fact that the Western-controlled news outlets and media are constantly talking about how it is the PTI workers that are clashing with the government and the police. Okay, yeah, sure, go ahead and call the whole Pakistan public PTI workers because I have never heard of a party that has had over a billion workers. But okay, so uh, if you're saying that uh, Imran Khan's party, PTI, has over a billion workers in the country, then, well, you just basically said it yourself, that the whole country is with Imran Khan, and the whole country is a part of his party. So that means that the whole country is right now protesting against U.S. interference and meddling and we want that the U.S. should be sanctioned for creating uh, chaos in an otherwise sovereign country and for trying to meddle with its sovereignty, trying to question the sovereignty and challenge it. And the U.S. needs to be sanctioned for warmongering. It needs to be sanctioned for being the source of global terrorism. And it should be sanctioned for war crimes, which is ultimately what it has committed, and destruction of foreign lands uh, so that they could earn more money through rebuilding and through ammunition. So America has a lot to answer for, and America needs to be brought to trial for this, and it needs to be punished. And the U.S. government needs to apologize to the whole world for being the source of chaos and the source of wars and the source of terrorism all over the world, working obviously with Israel, which the whole world knows. 
and uh, in, in fact as a matter of fact the UK which is so cunningly hiding behind the scenes while controlling it all the UK owes an apology as well the UK owes an apology to Palestine it owes an apology to Kashmir it owes an apology to Pakistan it owes an apology to all Commonwealth countries that it has been slowly destroying and undermining by appointing fifth columnists within the country either through America or directly itself. So there's a lot of, of accountability that needs to be done because we all know the United Nations is uh, basically just a farce and what it really is made for we all know and I think it's time to break that cult up although it's going to be very difficult I mean after all they made it for a reason and they made it to last so it can change names and morph into something else but it is essentially going to be remain the same thing so that's that in in a nutshell I mean that's all your history and your uh, news and current uh, affairs all in a nutshell of what's going on in Pakistan and uh, how uh, our allies, our so-called ally, is actually our enemy. Because remember one thing, the US doesn't have allies, it doesn't have friends. It only has countries that it wants to use and countries that it wants to keep beneath it. So I mean look at South Korea as well. South Korea's development, no matter how far it goes, at one point will always be stunted uh, under the US. Just like Pakistan. The minute Pakistan starts growing, the U.S. comes in. It's a fact. In 1947, Pakistan was marked as the fastest growing and, you know, fastest developing country in the world. And that pushed China and Korea and Malaysia and all the other countries to start development. In fact, they took their blueprints from Pakistan. It's on the record. And then America steps in and America screws up with all our development and even now one of the main reasons why Imran Khan couldn't work apart from not having a two-thirds majority why he couldn't work the government was that the contracts that the pre that Nawaz Sharif and Zardari had been uh, signing out with other companies for example for excavation of petrol in the country or for you know uh, signing contracts with Iran or other things, the, the, the way they did it and the reasons they did it was detrimental to our country. Even CPAC was actually detrimental to our interests. And Imran Khan had to work real hard to reshift and renegotiate the whole policy concerning CPAC so that China should not be the, the owner, you can say, of this project and that other countries should have a share in it so that China should not be the only stakeholder and Pakistan should not buckle under it and end up being slaves. It was with great difficulty that that was to be negotiated and then the same Nawaz Sharif and his family who claimed to be very patriotic, they tried to break the CPEC project in between because the U.S. had commanded them to, which now they're very openly saying that, you know, you should never have angered the U.S. 
You should never have tried to work on the Asian bloc with Russia and China. You should never have tried to anger Uncle Sam because our US dollars, you know, they will go out of our pockets. You know, you can go fuck yourselves, okay? Why don't you just simply get an American passport and go live as Americans? Why do you have to come and destroy our country in the whole process? You know, I don't even know what these kind of sickles think when they're, when they're doing such things. What, do they think they're going to own the country? Is that it? You can never own a country. A country can never belong to a person or a family. It's, it's sheer nonsense. You have to be really, really mentally retarded in order to have such thoughts or in order to even believe such thoughts. And we have lots of those retards in the American government, obviously. I mean, that is why America is the way it is today. But, or should we say the American government or establishment is the way it is today. But to apply that nonsense to other countries, it's, it's beyond moronic. But in any case, they are trying to apply it and they have been trying since after the Second World War. But who knows how long it's going to last. All I can say is that this time the Pakistani public is too fed up. And this time you're actually messing with the new generation. You're not messing with that generation that was corrupt and always looking for shortcuts and was living life, you know, as lawless, dishonest citizens with no sense of dignity whatsoever and pure narcissists, you know, with a real inferiority complex. You're not working with that generation anymore. That's no, you know, then you are right now working with a generation that is very universal, very uncompromising, and it has a very separate standard of goals. So that generation is going to come out and they're going to bite you in the ass. So you're not working with ass lickers. There are just a few of them. The rest of the country, the overseas Pakistanis, they're just going to bite your ass. And they're going to chew you up because you just cannot mess with the country and its future like that. Especially when the youth out outnumbers the old farts. Who is basically what you have been working You've been working with the old farts, not the youth. The youth has no patience. Okay? We like things to be done quickly. The... I mean, my generation was already extremely frustrated and impatient that we are the ones who gave the push towards this. But the generation after us, they're even worse than we are. They're going to try for overnight change. They're not even going to be like us where we're going to be fighting and struggling and shouting and screaming and working our asses off to get that change. No, they're just going to turn the tables overnight if they have to. And you won't be able to control them, which is a very, very good thing. You won't be able to control your own new generation, you know. You won't. I mean, you had a problem with millennials. Wait till you see the new ones. They're just going to bite your head off. There's no place for you. Not in the world that's coming up. I know that you actually think that you're preparing for the world that's coming up so that you can control it or your children can control it. But the generation that's coming up now, they're not even going to let your children come up. I'm sorry, I mean, it's a miracle if your children even survive. So don't bank on such useless fantasies. You know, stick to reality. Reality is you cannot mess with Pakistan anymore. Okay? 
because our youth has suffered too much already at your hands. And they're not going to go for this shit anymore. So we also know that you have been attempting uh, assassinations uh, on Imran Khan. We know that. We know that you have made attempts on his life. And you can make sure that if that happens this time, this is not going to be Liaqat Ali Khan or Bhutto all over again. Where people are going to quietly, you know, just sit down and cry and say, oh yeah, America did it again. No, this time America is going to suffer the consequences. It's going to be really, 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 really bad for America. So forget about US dollars and inflation. You're just going to overall basically be destroyed. That's the price you pay. Because as I said, this new generation, they don't take prisoners. We have taught them not to take prisoners. It would be better if America, you know, goes back to knowing its proper place. And it should stop meddling with our country or any other country's affairs. And it should now be very cautious about any move that it plans to make. Because the Pakistani public are pretty, pretty, pretty pissed. Very, very pissed off at the US and the UK. So it's time you calculate a move on how to take a step back. Because that's where we're at right now. As you can see, the public is out there. They're going to come, keep coming out there until the elections are announced. And if the elections are not announced, which is basically what you people want, you want there should be no elections allowed, announced or allowed so that your bunch of crooks that you've placed, the fifth columnist, they should just, you know, keep doing the work that they're doing to destroy our country. But no, you will have to end up bowing down to elections. It's as simple as that. Well, this is me signing out. Uh, oh, oh, but actually, before I sign out, I'll repeat myself again. Imran Khan brought this about on himself and on us by letting the scum loose and giving them so much power that they could come back more dangerous than they ever were before. So, yeah, he needs to fix it. He needs to fix this shit. It's all on him. This is me signing out. Bye-bye and Khuda Hafiz.